Um, we kind of took a little break on last week uh, due to all the activity that was going on with the inauguration and all that. So um, I wanted to kind of uh, start, out, start out another episode and just do a transition into something different, different type of topic. And so my special on tonight, this evening, is uh, I'm uh, a wonderful person. I've known her for a while. And um, she is doing great things in our community, in the community of Corsicana. So, without further ado, I'm going to introduce the listening audience to Mrs. Kenya Landers. Yay! Thank you so much. Thank Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for accepting the invitation. So, um, Mrs. Landers, and and you're going to probably, you're going to have me probably, I'm probably going to say, Coast Landers, because it's kind of like hard for me to, you know, you know, get that, get away from that. But I'm going to really respect your title. So, uh, Mrs. Landers, um, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Well, um, like Miss Kelly said, my name is Kenya Landers, and I, um, I'm originally from Michigan um, and moved to Dallas in the third grade, and I'm a Jacksonville uh, Pantherette. I graduated from Jacksonville High School, um, and I then went on to graduate from the University of Texas in Austin. And I have been here in Corsicana for about five years. Um, Gosh, almost six. It'll be six years this summer. And my husband and I, Michael, my husband is Michael, um, we've been married for... Uh, almost 12 years. We have two daughters, Michaela, who is 10, and Larkin, who is eight years old, and they go to Collins Intermediate and Bowie Elementary. And we love Corsicana. It has been so good to our family. Um, A a very pleasant surprise, I might add. (laughs) Um, And so... (laughs) We uh, we love it here. We can't really imagine ourselves living anywhere else at this point in our lives. And so we are just happy to be here. So, um, Mrs. Landers, Coach Landers, I'm going to tell you the audience that now she is now assistant principal for Corsicana High School. She's assistant athletic director. And, you know, I'm going to give her a pop. She's actually the first female assistant athletic director, and then she's also the Title IX coordinator. I'm, I wanted her to you know, explain to the, you know, maybe a little bit later, a little bit, you know, maybe in a minute, about what a Title IX coordinator is, because I want the listening audience to get some, you know, to get some knowledge about that particular position. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. I just wanted, wanted to say to the listening audience is that she kind of rose in the ranks, because when she was uh, hired here, she was hired as the girls' basketball coach. And so, you know, as she as she transitioned out of that position, you know, she mm-hmm. decided to go ahead and go into the administration piece. But what I but I wanted to I why I wanted to bring you on is because I wanted to bring on you so that you can kind of like, you know, just kind of talk about you know some form of empowerment, some form of message mm-hmm. to our young people and even also other women that are listening to this podcast about. How, you know, you can work, you know, if you work hard, you know, just stay the course, 
you can you can rise above you know whatever situation you can. So uh, Mrs. Landers, Coach Landers, Super Principal Landers. Just an athletic person, land. <laughs> All the things, you know, Yes. So, you know, just kind of, you know, just, you know, just tell the list audience a little bit about, you know, what you do, and then just, you know, how you have transitioned into the different, the different positions that you have. Yes, ma'am. Well, I will tell you, um, when I came here to be the girls' basketball coach, um, I was very excited about that opportunity. Um, my husband was the basketball coach at Navarro, and I coached in college um, for 10 years. Um, I coached um, in the Big 12 and then the SEC, um, and uh, also in junior college. And so uh, once I started having my own children, it was just not really appealing to me to, you know, continue the traveling that college athletics requires you to do because, you know, I just wanted to be closer and be around, you know, my own kids. And so I transitioned to high school and, you know, I am a person um, that always wants to be prepared when opportunities come my way. And um, I had already had my master's degree when I came to, um, to Corsicana and I mean, I love coaching. Coaching, um, it just did it for me. It, it is a passion um, that that can never be replaced. I mean, it it is playing and then coaching, you know, right up there at the top. And so I loved it. Um, but, again, the decisions that I make oftentimes are very family-oriented decisions, right? So, you know, my girls were just babies, uh, kindergarten and you know, daycare when we first moved here. And as they began to get older and they began to play their sports and they began to have their activities, I really noticed that my husband and I were just kind of handing them off. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he would come to a game and I would hand them to him and then I would come to a game and he would hand, I mean, we were handing our girls off just back and forth. And I noticed one day that my youngest did something and I said, when did she start doing that? And my husband said, oh, probably about a couple of months ago. And I was <laughs> I was devastated. You know, I felt like if I missed this, like, what else am I missing? And so I just thought, you know, what else would I, would I be interested in? Um, how can I continue to work with young people? Because I just love it. Mm-hmm. Like, I love the young people. I love, I mean, they keep me young, I feel like. Um, they keep it spicy they keep it exciting like it's a trip every day at school like they just they they keep me going um and so I just thought to myself you know what can I do um because I had you know I had my 40 girls every year that I worked extremely hard to make an impact on their lives and those girls were my babies and I Mm -hmm. thought to myself you know I can transition into the administrate administrative world and then think about how many young ladies in the whole school that I can get to know and that I can impact and that I could, um, that I could pour into and that they could pour into me. I mean, it's not a one-way street. Like, our our kids have no idea how, you know, I could come in, into school one day and I am down in the dump for whatever reason and I see one of my babies and I am out of that funk and I am moving on about my day. And I don't think they really realize that they do that, but they truly do. And so, um, 
you know, getting out of coaching was hard. Um, it was hard for, you know, me to tell my girls that news. But I just knew it was the right thing for me. I knew it was the right thing for my family. And I knew it was the right thing for my career. Um, transitioning into an assistant position, assistant principal position. I mean, it was it was great for me. Like I said, I got to um, I got I get to deal with so many more students than I did, you know, just as the basketball coach. Females, males, uh, freshmen, seniors. You know, I really get a chance to um, just you know impact everybody that I can, and that's my mindset. You know, I have. Lots of people, lots of young children that come in my office every day with so many different issues, um, so many different things that they have going on. And my thing is, I, I, I just stop. Yeah. I stop and I talk to them, and I really want to uh, figure out, you know, how can I get them on the other side of the hill? Because yeah. I was there before. Yeah. I was sitting in that seat. You know, I'm over attendance at the high school, so a lot of my, you know, conversations are, okay, why are you not coming to school? What are you not doing? And there's a reason for that. You know, yeah. there's a reason um, that they're going through the things that they're going through. So I really, you know, I really just take the time and, and try to figure out the why and try to really, you know, get on their level and help them to figure out a plan um, to get to the other side of that hill, like I said. But, um, and then, you know, last summer... Dr. Foss, you know, I had had a conversation with her last spring, and Dr. Foss, is, she has been phenomenal to me. She has really embraced me and, and really um, taken me under her wing and has mentored me in a lot of mm. different areas. Um, I will show up at her office, <laughs> and I bet she's like, here she is again. <laughs> but, you know, when you see someone that you feel like, you know, has the knowledge and the mm. experience, like, yeah. I, you know, you have to, you have to take advantage of that, and you have yeah. to, um, you can't be afraid for them to say, hey, can you come back later, and I'm like, no, nope, you just let me know when, you know, but she, she's never turned me away, she has always been, um, there for me, you know, open arms, and have talked me through a lot of things, you know, as far as my career, um, what my aspirations are, and, you know, I'm so thankful to her for that. And uh, so she called so, me. And, uh, I, I was yeah. going to say, so, you know, you took, also you took on the uh, position as assistant athletic director and the Title IX coordinator. Yes. So that yes. is another, you know, part of what you do. So explain to the listening audience, you know, as being the first female assistant athletic director or in that particular department, what did you do? Mm -hmm. Challenges, you know, just taking on that particular role? you know, as being a female, Title IX. Yes. Yes. I mean, thankfully, I work with two amazing men, uh, Hal Watson and Greg Davis. They are literally, they are the best. Um, Coach Watson, he has seen it all and he knows it all. And, yeah. you know, Greg Davis, he's such a great man who uh, is so good for our young men here in Corsicana. And, you know, Athletic director, assistant athletic director, and Title IX coordinator, you know, those two things can go hand in hand. You know, yeah. Title IX, you, you talk about equity, you know, making sure that the girl, that the females have um, the same things that the males have. Um, but Title IX, is, it, it, it's sticky. It's not um, a glamorous position at all. Um, you have to really get it down and dirty and <laughs> in some sticky situations and just get down to the facts, but... 
and you know when when thinking about Title IX, you think about things such as you know bullying, sexual harassment, and things like that. And you have to know, you know, you have to know the laws, and you have to know um, the procedures. And so, in that position, you know, I I think that position is coming naturally for me mm-hmm. because when I'm thinking about the kids, when I see the kids, my natural is to protect them right like all I can think of is making sure they're okay making sure they're getting everything that they need making sure that you know they're safe um and so the title nine coordinator has been you know surprisingly one of the things that I have loved the most this year um because you really get you know in like I said you really get down and deep with some students and you know and parents, and you hear them out, and you listen to them, um, and you know it's just part of it's just part of the job, and it's been a good experience so far. But I love athletics, you know, I really, really love it, and I was so thankful when I when I was given the opportunity to step, you know, in the athletic realm while still, you know, being able to do um, my assistant principal job and. You know, people say, well, what are you going to do? Like, what do you want to do? Just tell them, I am not making plans. Like, I am just going to continue to work, continue to keep my head down, and let God just lead me where he wants to lead me, whether that's an athletic director, whether that's a principal one day, uh, whether that's a, you know, I'm starting a doctoral program in the summer, so whether that's a, a superintendent one day. You know, I'm not putting God in a box on this. I feel like I'm just going to continue to do his will and just see where he takes me. They're safe. They have everything that they need. Um, And so the Title IX, you know, it's just given me a a different, it's it's given me a central office type feel on some some things. And, um, you know, I really enjoy that. And... You know, people keep asking me, you know, what do you want to do? Do you want to be athletic director? Do you want to be principal? And, you know, I just, I've just decided I'm just going to continue to work. I'm not, you know, I'm just going to continue um, to work, continue to put my head down, continue to take care of, take care of Corsicana and take care of the kids. And, you know, I'm starting a doctoral program this summer. So, you know, I'm, I'm not putting in the box. That could be, you know, a superintendent one day, you know, yeah. that, you know, I'm just, or a principal, you know, I'm just not going to put myself in a box as far as, you know, where God is leading me. I'm just yeah. going to continue to, to lean on him. So how, so how are you able to motivate other young ladies, other women, you know, to inspire, you know, to have them to inspire to, you know, do something like what you've done, you know, reach for Mm -hmm. the stars. Mm -hmm. How how do you do that? You know, I just try to be my true authentic self with them because, you know, Miss Kelly, I've told this story, you know, sometimes, but a lot of people don't know about, uh, know this about me, but I mean, I couldn't really, I couldn't really truly, truly say that I could read until I was probably a junior in high school. Um, I started school in Michigan, like I said earlier, and it did me no favors um, oh, academically. Wow. Um, and I came to Texas in the third grade, and I was very behind. Um, and I could speak well, so I think people, my teachers, automatically would never think that I couldn't read. 
Um, and so I could piece some sentences together. I could do some things. But as far as, like, really reading and really grasping an understanding of what I was being taught, um, it wasn't until the ninth grade when one of my teachers pulled me to the side and she said, you can't read. And I said, what do you mean I can't read? Of course I can read, you know, <laughs> trying to play it off. Yeah. And she said, you can't read. Um, and that was a life-changing moment for me. And I'm just so thankful um, to this day that, you know, she took the time to, to, you know, to pay attention to me. And so that's what I really try to do is, you know, I tell the kids my story. I tell them that it doesn't matter where you are today. Um, that doesn't mean that's where you're going to be forever. And so I just really try to be authentic with them. I try to, um, you know, I try to tell them bits and pieces about, you know, my life and some things that I've gone through. And I think that's okay. I don't, I think sometimes as, uh, teachers and, you know, administrators and those in leadership positions, I think we have, we feel like we have to portray this image of perfection to our students. And that is not what they need. They need real. Yeah. They need to see what 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 real life is. Real life is going through things, coming out on the other side of things, um, and knowing that, man, I may have messed up big time this semester, but that doesn't mean your year has to be a wash. You know, so, so I do you think, you know, so do, you think it's, do you think it's important for adults to be transparent with our young people? You know, like you said, you know, it's, you know, it's, you know, you're in the education environment, so, you know, the adults are then on outside the education environment. You know, do you think it's so important for them to be transparent, to, like you said, to tell them, share their stories? Because, you know, yeah, I guess yeah. You know, they are watching us, you know, and so mm -hmm. we all, you know, we're all not perfect, you know, and so how, how important it is to be transparent? It's so important to be transparent because I will tell you, our students and all kids, I feel like, can pick out a fake so fast. Like, <laughs> so you may as well just keep it real because they can pick out fake and they can pick out phony. Um, and so I just, I think, you know, I think the, the transparency factor opens up a trust factor with the students. You know, I think when you, you know, you can say, you know, I understand this, like, I skipped school when I was a freshman, like, I get it, but you can't continue this behavior because this is what happened to me and this is what will happen to you. Or, you know, yes, like, I, I have made mistakes just like you. You know, instead of them feeling like, you know, everything that they're doing is the end of the world. And I try to be that way in my home, you know. If I'm upset about something, I really don't hide tears and emotions from my daughters because I feel like, they need to know that those things are natural, right? Mm -hmm. They need to know that it's okay um, to be upset or it's okay to be disappointed or it's okay to fail and keep trying, you know? And so mm -hmm. I just think that, you know, often our students look at us and they think, you don't understand what I'm, what I'm going through, but I think when we are transparent with them and we can show them, like, I get it. I really, truly do get it. I think that, you know, they begin to open their eyes and trust you a little bit more, and then you can be more helpful for them. So do you feel the pressure will be on for your daughters just because, you know, my mom has, is, you know, has risen above, 
you know, um, you know, a lot of the, you know, you've, you've gone from coaching to administration mm-hmm. and the things you're doing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, do you feel like there's going to be a lot of pressure on your girls to, hey, my mom is up here, so I need to, you know, how, how, how do you how do you talk to them about, um, you know, just motivating them? Well, you know, I, I really don't want to use the word pressure mm-hmm. um, because I feel like that kind of has a negative connotation to it. Uh-huh. But I do, I mean, they have, we, I have high expectations for them. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean that their, that their path needs to be my path. I, yeah. I, I don't, I, you know, I was a basketball player. Neither one of my girls are in the basketball, and I'm okay with that because mm-hmm. the last thing I want to do is drive them somewhere they don't want to go. <laughs> you yeah. know, I drive all yeah. around. You know, so, you know, I just want them to figure out whatever their path is. Um, you know, I, I do. So, so, I, tell them, so, tell them, so, so, you know, I like that what you said because a lot of times as parents, we live through our kids, you know, mm-hmm. and so how important mm-hmm. it is to, like you said, for your child to have their own, you know, your, your, have their own path. How do you, how do you explain to our parents of today, you know, the importance yeah. of making sure that, you know, you don't push your kids into something they really don't want to mm-hmm. do? You know, mm-hmm. how, do you, how, how do you explain it to them? Right. I mean, as parents, I think you just have to think that your position is a is a level of support, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not... I'm not the author of their book. Now, I may be an editor. <laughs> you know, I may come in and help them edit some things. Yes, I And, that. you know, help them dic- dictate some things and figure some things out. But I'm not the editor of their book. I am mm. not, you know, the person that's writing their story. And, you know, can I, can I help them maybe, you know, avoid some bumps in the road or, you know, some grammatical errors, and if you will, you know, stuff like that. Yes, for sure. But I don't want to, I don't want to, to write my girl's story, nor am I into saving them from, from mistakes. I think it's mm. like, I, I see them, you know, heading into something. I'm like, this is not going to work out good, but I'm going to let them figure this one out, you know, because, yeah. you know, I can't save them all the time. I'm not with them all the time. They have to learn how to communicate with adults themselves. They have to learn to um, speak for themselves. You know, I don't. I don't call to talk to their teachers and say, "Well, this is how." You know, that that is their responsibility. You know, for the most part. Um, you know, but one thing that I, I have to tell you, my oldest daughter. You know, we really, we've gone through some, you know, things with her. She made a, she, she has a mentor in the school district and she told her that she was afraid that um, she wasn't going to be as successful as she could because of the oh, color wow. of her skin. Wow. Mm-hmm. That people were going to treat her differently and not, um, and not, allow her to do everything that she wanted to do because of the color of her skin. And, you know, that was so eye-opening for me because, you know, in our house, we honestly never really talk about color. Like, we don't really, you know, if I describe you, I would say, you see the lady over there with the blue shirt or the lady over there with those uh, white shoes like we really don't describe people by the color of their Probably. skin uh-huh. it, yes we just don't I mean I mean we just never really not for any 
reason. Yeah. And I, I guess it could be because, you know, living in the European world when I lived overseas, you know, nobody really described people like that. So maybe yeah. that rubbed off on me. But um, so, you know, that was when I realized, okay, it's time for us to have talks about this because we had never really, you know, and so I, that is how I kind of, you know, approach things is I kind of, we go along and if something hasn't shown its, it's shown its head, then I, you know, we tackle it as a family. But in this situation, you know, it showed me that, you know what, it's time for, for you to, to, to cross this bridge. And so, Obviously, this past election was just amazing for uh, for women. Um, but you know, I have never seen my daughter so excited oh. um, to just know that somebody you know that looked like them, that looks like them, um, and has you know same skin color, same hair. You know that yeah. that they can yeah. do anything that they want to do and. Yeah. You know, my youngest daughter, she can be kind of uh, apprehensive and really uh, just questions herself a lot. And her confidence, let me tell you, it has been <laughs> unreal. Oh, wow. Her confidence, she just thinks like, I mean, it, it has blown my mind, you know. And, you know, your kids look at you and you're just mama, you know. And mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Like, I yeah. don't want them to look at me like, but, you know, they just look at me and I'm just mama and... You know, mama just works at the school, and she just drops me off at school, and she picks me up. And I love that, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I love just being mama. Um, mm-hmm. But when they see somebody outside of our home, you know, in a huge magnitude that is doing such phenomenal things, like, I mean, it's been so good for them. So, so good. Okay. So, Kimmy, what kind of legacy would you like to leave? This is going to be my last, this will be my last question. What kind of legacy would you like to leave? You know, I really want to leave a legacy of love. Uh-huh. You know, I love, you know, love is, is, is really and truly, it's my religion. Um, me and my brother share this belief. Um, you know, I, I love people. I love to love people. Um, and I really love to make people feel loved, you know, and so... I just always think, you know, nobody that I'm dealing with on a daily basis, you know, they're not going to remember anything about, you know, uh, what I did for them or how we got them graduated. I just think they're really going to remember how I made them feel. And so if I could just make people, you know, feel good about themselves and feel loved and, you know, build people up around me, you know, that is what I, you know, that is what I really want to do. And, you know, I always say, get you friends that are going to boost you up, you know, and I'm always boosting my friends, you know, like, yeah. I'm like, no, you got this. You can do this. Do not let, you know, we're not going yeah. there, you know. And yeah. so I just think leaving the legacy of love and truth. Um, and there's so many layers, obviously, that come underneath that. Um, but I'm not. You know, I don't want my legacy to have anything to do with, um, you know, my job or, yeah. you know, I want it to be bigger than that. I really yeah. do. I want it to be bigger than that. I want um, people, you know, when they see me, um, they will know, like, you know, 
that they're seeing somebody that that they think is a good person and that they build people up around them and not, you know, not just assistant principal at the high school, so she must be nice. You know, like I'm yeah. not really into the title and, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. So, yeah, that is what I would love for my for my legacy to be. Oh, wow. Well, you know, Miss Landers, Coach Landers, Sister Principal Landers, and Sister <laughs> Atlantic, all those titles. I want to say thank you so much for being on the Mega Speaks podcast. I know you're going to do well. Um, you have a heart of gold. And so I'm looking so forward to seeing, you know, you know your next level. Um, like you said, you're in the doctoral program. I'm excited about, you know, getting into that program. And so that's a good thing. Oh, you know, people are, you know, people. I know our young people are watching and they're taking notes, you know. And um, mm-hmm. you'll be, you'll be those, those that real role model that they can say, hey, I knew, I know her. I can get to her, and I can expire mm-hmm. to be like her. So thank you so much that's for being a part of, you know, a Quincy County community. And so. Um, just thank you. Thank you. So I always give my, my guests an opportunity to give, to give a shout-out. So go ahead and give your okay. shout-out to the listening audience. Well, I would love to give a shout-out, obviously, to my husband. Um, and I would love to give a shout-out to, uh, to my girls, my daughters. You know, they're the most important thing that I have going in my life right now. Um, and then I would need to give a shout out to my tribe here in Corsicana. I have been blessed to, um, to have some really, really, uh, make some really good friends at a late stage in life. Um, and that doesn't always happen when you move to a small town. So, you know, I have a tribe here and they know who they are. Um, and so I just want to, to give them a shout out. And then all of my teachers. My principals, my administrators, everybody in CISD that's just working so hard every day um, through these crazy, crazy times that we're going through. Um, just shout out to everybody that has their hand in Corsicana ISD and just trying to continue to make it a great place for our students and our parents. So I uh, hope I didn't forget anybody, but that's, that's my shout out. And of course, my mama. I can't forget her. Don't forget your mama. Don't forget your mama. You'll be in trouble. Oh, yes, yes. And so to my listening audience, thank you again so much for supporting Canada Speaks Podcast. Um, You know, I I can't um, just thank you enough for just continuing to listen to the podcast, um, giving me feedback and all that. And so I do also want to say for, you know, everybody that's listening to please, you know, continue to stay safe. Uh, we know that the vaccine is out. You know, I'm not going to get on my soapbox about the vaccine, but you know, let, you know, you know, do your research. You know, make a, you know, it's your choice on what you want to do as far as take the vaccine, not take the vaccine. You know, but uh, we want to eradicate. We want to get this disease on this this virus under control. And to all those that um, are battling, are battling, you know, this horrible virus, you know, but we're praying for you, and you know, we we just want everybody to be well. And so, with that being said, um, everybody have a blessed, have a good evening, and just stay safe. Thank you so much.